Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. At the age of 40, when he was just in his prime, God called Moses. But God did not employ him in that calling for another 40 years. By now, Moses is an old man, drained of both his strength of body as well as strength of soul. Yet this was the time that God could use him for his purpose. God's preparation of Moses, the one sent by God to deliver his people, is one of the most revealing and illuminating stories in the Bible because it fully applies to us. We're pleased to bring you recorded excerpts today from the 1979 Life Study of Exodus. And joining us to add his comments is Ed Marks. Welcome back, Brother Ed. Another classic message today. Yes, Chris, it's good to be back. And like you said, this is really a classic exposition of the Bible And again, we're going to hear something quite marvelous that will really help us in our Christian life. I think as an introduction today, Ed, because our message is very full, just give us a little foretaste or appetizer of what we're going to have on our plate today. Firstly, we're going to see the purpose of God's calling. In other words, God has called each of us as believers in Christ, but what is the purpose of that calling? Then number two, we want to see how God prepares us to be his called ones and to be his sent ones to accomplish his purpose. This is seen in the way that God called Moses and in the way that God prepared Moses to be his sent one. And again, this will be very applicable to us in our Christian life. Well, Ed, let's join Witness Lee with this first portion of what we have already said, a very illuminating, enlightening life study. The purpose of God's calling was to deliver the children of Israel out of the tyranny of the Egyptians. You just consider Egypt at that time was the top country on this earth. And the Pharaoh had the power. And how could a man shepherding the flock in the wilderness for 40 years? And he became so old, 80 years of age. How could such a one be able to deliver the children of Israel out of that kind of power? Humanly speaking, it was impossible. Not only so, this is just on the negative side. To deliver out of something. And that something was too powerful. Now, on the positive side, to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, the land of bondage, to Canaan, a land throwing with milk and honey. This was just a type. What is the power of Pharaoh? The nation of uh, Egypt 
typified Satan's kingdom of darkness. And Pharaoh signifies the powerful, the mighty, evil one, Satan the devil. To save God's people into the good land signifies to bring people into Christ. Not into a doctrine, but into an all-inclusive person, which was typified by the golden large land. And Christ today is just such a goat, a large land flowing with milk and honey. Both milk and honey are produces out of two lives combined together. Milk comes out of the cattle, and the cattle produces milk by eating the grass. Honey is produced by small bees. And you have to know all the small bees are animals. And they produce honey by uh, sucking all the flowers of the plants. These two, milk and honey, are the signs of the riches of Christ. The riches of Christ all the time come out of the combined life of Christ. Christ is one person, yet he has these two kinds of lives. He has the animal life, and he has the uh, vegetable life. On the one hand, he is the lamb of God. The lamb is a cattle. It has the animal life. But he's also the barley loaf. And barley is vegetable. Now you can see these two lives. Even at the Passover, you have the lamb, and you have the unleavened bread with the bitter herb. So, two lives there combined together for God's redeemed people to enjoy. Now, they are going to be brought into a land, golden land, flowing with milk and honey. And you know it's easy when you come to the story of Moses in the Bible to think of him as the one that God called to lead his people out of Egypt. And he surely was that. But in verse 8 of chapter 3, God tells him, And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. So the deliverance here, Ed, is not just out of the world, typified by Egypt. It's also bringing them to the good land, a land flowing with milk and honey. These types are likely new to many of our listeners, so help us see what the real significance is here. What God wants is he wants to bring his chosen and redeemed people out of the land of the Egyptians. Now, Egypt signifies the kingdom of darkness, which is actually the kingdom of this world whose ruler is Satan, signified by Pharaoh. Pharaoh signifies Satan. Pharaoh's kingdom of Egypt signifies the world, which is the kingdom of darkness. Now, what is God's purpose? A major part of his purpose is to bring us, his chosen and redeemed people, out of Egypt. 
How did he do this? Well, if you look at the type, the children of Israel, they needed to keep the Passover. In particular, they needed to slay that Passover lamb, put the blood of that lamb on their doorposts and on the upper frame of their house, and then within the house they had to eat that lamb. Well, this is what happened to us when we received Christ as our Savior. He applied his precious blood to us for the forgiveness of our sins, and we were delivered from God's judgment and God's condemnation on this world. Also, we received Christ into us as the Lamb of God. They had to eat that lamb. Well, when we received Christ as our Savior, we enjoyed the application of his precious blood for the forgiveness of our sins, for our redemption. Also, we received him into us as the Lamb of God to energize us and to strengthen us to move out of Egypt, to move out of the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of this world. Then the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea. When we believed into Christ, we enjoyed him as the Lamb of God. When we were baptized, that was our passing through the Red Sea into the wilderness. But that was not God's ultimate goal. God's ultimate goal is to bring his redeemed people to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. This land, which is the good land, signifies the all-inclusive Christ for our experience and our enjoyment. God's ultimate goal is to bring us out of Egypt through the wilderness. And the ultimate goal is that we would be brought into Christ as the good land where we enjoy him as everything to us for the building up of the temple, which signifies that by enjoying him as the unsearchably rich good land, we are built up as the temple, which is the body of Christ for God's expression in this universe. This is the significance of these two types. And we mentioned in the very beginning of our broadcast that God called Moses initially at age 40, but delayed another 40 years. Here's Witness Lee. You know, God spent 40 years to bring these capable yet disappointed men to the end because this man needs such a discipline that he may realize he by himself was fully not qualified, not capable to do such a job delivering God people out of Egypt, bringing them into the good land. When God came to him, he was not only terminated, he considered that he was finished. At eight years of age, he was only good for death. At this juncture, God came in. After go to 40 years, he had lost his confidence. The Bible in Exodus says, when he was called, he told God he was a person of slow speech. He was not a man of words. But Stephen in Acts 7 says, when he was 40, he was mighty, bold, in word and in deed. According to uh, Stephen's record, Moses, when he was 40, he was eloquent. He was good in speech. He was mighty. But after another 40 years, when God came in to call him, he told God, 
place. Don't come to me. Who am I that I should go to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt? I cannot speak. I am a slow speaking person. At the time of 40 years of age, he was married. At the time of 80 years of age, he was what? The natural strength was taken away. The natural ability was taken away. When you are so sure that you are called, you have the burden, and you can do the things, you will be dealt with. <laughs> then you got disappointed, you would say, okay, if this is the case, let me drop the whole thing. If we have the burden, we will keep our natural ability. If our natural ability will be dealt with, we will throw away the burden. This is all the time what we do. We would never divorce God's burden from our natural ability. We always say to marry these two things into one couple. But God would just like to have a divorce. Keep the burden there and divorce the ability. God spent 40 years to deal with Moses' natural ability. Moses, you have been called even before you were 40 years old. You have been called already. And that call was right. And that burden was real. You cannot drop that. But you have to go along with me. You know, in Psalm 90, that was written by Moses. In his psalm, he said, at his time, the most healthy people would live to 80. And now he was 80. According to his estimate, he was no more good for anything, only good for death. Moses fully realized that he was out of use. He was finished. He was through. He was 80. What can a man 80 years of age do? Just at this time, God charged him to be a sentinel. Ed, why is it that when we are in the freshness of God's calling, quite sure that we have heard his voice and willing to go along with him to be his sent one, God has to leave us until, spiritually speaking at least, we are through, old, even emptied out of all of our confidence and zeal. This seems totally opposite to what we're told in most Christian circles. Well, it is opposite to what we hear in many Christian circles, Chris. We see that when Moses was 40, he was a very confident man. Even we could say he was a young man by those standards, according to the age of people at that time. He was confident. He was powerful in his natural ability. Even Acts 7, verse 22, tells us that he was mighty in his deeds and in his words as an Egyptian. He was the son of Pharaoh's daughter, educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. He was a very powerful man. And he realized undoubtedly that he had been called by God to deliver his people, the Hebrews, out from under the tyranny of Pharaoh. But he tried to do this in his natural ability, his natural strength, and no doubt he was full of natural confidence. Well, he ended up killing an Egyptian. He had to flee Egypt. And for 40 years, he was in the wilderness tending sheep. In those 40 years, God exhausted all his natural strength, his natural ability, and he lost all confidence in himself. And we see this in Exodus 4, verse 10, 
where when God called Moses, Moses said, Lord, you know that I'm not an eloquent man. I'm slow of speech. But in Acts 7, it tells us he was powerful in his words. Well, after 40 more years, he lost the confidence in his natural ability to speak. This is when God could enter into him to be the speaking one in him. God does not want us to use our natural strength, our natural ability, or our natural power to serve him. He wants to be our strength. He wants to be our power. He wants to be our ability. So what flows out of us is Christ himself. And that Christ flowing out of us is the Christ that's dispensed into people to accomplish his purpose by building up his body. Chris, if you look at Let's say the case of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. He said that he was put into very hard circumstances by God, even so much that he despaired of life. And then he says that we should learn not to trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. This is what we're learning. God puts us into all kinds of environments to exhaust our natural strength and our ability so that we would learn not to trust in ourselves, but in the God of resurrection who dwells in us. Chris, another marvelous case of this is the case of Peter. Peter was very confident in his natural strength. Even told the Lord, he said, Lord, if all of my fellow disciples, if they deny you, I will never deny you. Peter failed miserably. But that failure was used by the Lord to break his natural strength. And from that point on, Peter was no longer confident in his natural strength. And then Peter became a very useful vessel for the Lord when he lost his confidence in his natural strength through a failure. Many times the Lord will use our sufferings and our failures to cause us to lose the confidence in ourselves. And then we realize I am not good for anything. I need the Lord Jesus who lives in me to be everything to me. I need him to be my strength, my ability, and my power. That's when the Lord can make us very useful in his hands for his purpose. Well, Ed, as we alluded to, this is a different message. I hope they don't throw stones at us for saying these things. This is not the natural concept. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The record of Moses calling is the lengthy one. In this record, what is shown here is that every called one of God must realize he is just a thorn bush. God is burning on you, but God will never burn you. Before Moses came to the backside of the wilderness, God was waiting there. Before God called him, before God talked to him, a sign like this was there. That was a sign of Moses. This is Saul Bush. According to Genesis 3, Saul means what? Means cursed because of sin. And this indicates Moses, as God's calling, was just a sinner under God's curse. Yet, the fire was burning there. This flame of fire, the first time appeared right after man's fall. 
When man ate the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God came in to uh, interpret the situation. And there, the flame of fire. That was the holiness manifested. Now, the glory of the holiness of God would be burning upon Moses, upon a sinner under God's curse. So, God's holiness today is no more excluding, but rather approaching, rather burning upon the uh, former excluded sinners under curse. Before God talked to Moses, Moses saw such a picture. I do believe Moses could never forget that sin. And this sin always should have reminded him in all his working time. Moses, you don't need to exercise yourself. You don't need to exhaust your ability. Don't forget the flame of fire burning upon the thorn bush. You are just a vessel, the channel for me to be manifested. This lesson is not so easy to learn. Ed, there are without doubt innumerable lessons to learn in the Christian life. Much of the Bible presents lesson after lesson, and we as Christians do our best to read and learn from these lessons on the page. But the lesson of the thorn bush that we just heard is very difficult, perhaps one of the most difficult to learn. What's the significance of this lesson? Chris, this is a marvelous way to conclude this broadcast. This is, to me, this is very precious. This vision of a thorn bush that burns with divine fire but is not consumed needs to be stamped into our being and it needs to be infused into us so that we never forget this vision. Exodus 3 verse 2 tells us that the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob appeared unto Moses in a flame of fire out of the midst of a thorn bush. And this is a bush that burned with fire without being consumed. Chris, Moses never forgot this vision, and we should never forget this vision. Firstly, we need to see that all of us are thorn bushes. Thorns came in because of sin and because of the curse of sin. So the fact that we are thorn bushes indicates that we are sinners under God's curse. Now, what is a thorn bush good for? We are thorn bushes. Are we good for anything? absolutely nothing. In ourselves, we are nothing, we have nothing, we can do nothing. Even I would say, Chris, if you get too close to me in my natural life, a thorn will come into you because I am a very thorny person. All of us are thorny people in our natural life. But what's so marvelous is that when we receive Christ into us, there is a divine fire burning in this thorn bush. That divine fire is the triune God himself. So on the one hand, we're sinners under God's curse, but through Christ's redemption, he took away the curse of sin and he came into us as the divine fire. Now, what does this mean? This means that the triune God who lives in us, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, who lives in our spirit, he wants to be our fuel. He does not want us to use our natural energy. 
our natural strength, our natural power, our natural ability, or our natural endurance. Eventually, Chris, if we serve the Lord with our natural strength, ability, power, and endurance, everything in our natural being will be exhausted. Many servants of the Lord say they're exhausted, they're burned out. And we have to confess, we feel this way a lot of times. You know, we feel burned out. Well, when we have that feeling that we are burned out, it's a sign to us that we are burning the wrong fuel. The triune God is never burned out. He's never exhausted. We need to burn for God, not with our natural ability, our natural strength, our natural power, or our natural endurance. We need to burn with the triune God as our divine fuel. He is never exhausted. You know, if you look in the book of Matthew and the book of Mark, when the Lord is telling the Sadducees that there is the resurrection from the dead, he uses this example of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob calling unto Moses out of the midst of this thorn bush as a divine flame in that thorn bush. The triune God in the midst of this thorn bush is the God of resurrection. Who lives in us? The triune God. Who is the triune God? He's the God of resurrection. So whatever we do, we have to do according to this divine fire burning in us. Lord, we want to do everything by this flame burning within us. And this flame is this living person, the triune God of resurrection. And we believe that this person as this divine flame is flowing out of us into the listeners right now to make them burning for God's move on this earth. Well, Ed, I don't know what the ancient equivalent was of burned out, but I'm sure Moses had many opportunities in the subsequent 40 years as he was leading the children through the wilderness to have that feeling. But yet, I think every time that tendency would rise up in him, he had to receive that vision of the burning bush not being consumed. We need to see this vision each and every day in our Christian walk, don't we, Ed? We do. We need to see this vision, and we need to be governed by it day by day. Today for Ed Marks, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website, 
lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.